0: Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Who's ready to continue solid? You know, last uh, Sunday we started, and, and if you weren't here, we had sort of the introduction to the entire year. Um, of what we're going to be looking at. We have a year-long theme going on which comes from Matthew chapter 7. Solid, right? Biblical foundations for strong disciples. And we started this last Sunday. You guys, uh, thank you for bearing with us today. It's, it's a, a, probably going to be a little bit longer than normal, the service, because of the baby dedications and all that's going on. But I promise, um, I already talk fast. I can talk faster if you need me to. So, we're going to go through this as quickly as we can today, but I want to get started first off by reading our year-long theme verse. And here, we, here it is, Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 says, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock right and we learned last week this phrase that we are going to be declaring and confessing throughout this entire year as we learn and that is it right here what are we going to be saying all year what are we going to be saying all year what are we going to be saying all year come on help us out media team what are we going to be saying all year practicing god's word makes me strong come on let's say it again Practicing God's word makes me strong. According to what Jesus said in Matthew 7, it's not knowing the word of God, but it's doing the word of God that makes us strong. Amen? And so we're going to be taking the entire year to go on a journey together through the Bible. And we're going to cover the 12 main themes of the Bible. The 12 main, what most people call in in, in educational circles, we would call it our doctrine can you say doctrine Doctrine. and these are the 12 central truths that you'll see throughout the Bible and each month we're going to be focusing on a different theme or a different truth that we find throughout the Bible and that brings us to the first one today are you ready to get started with number one we're going to be talking about sin and salvation this month, the next few weeks um, of January. And we're titling these messages, The Rescue. Come on, tell somebody, you got to be rescued. Yes. The Rescue, part one. And I want us to take a look at these verses We're going to be reading quite a few scriptures today, okay, so I would invite you, uh, don't take time to necessarily look them up in your Bible, just follow along on the screen, and then you can go look them up later on and read them in your Bible for yourself. Starting Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, many of us have probably read this before, Genesis 1, 1 says, in the beginning, do we got it? We may be having some technical difficulties back there in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth right in the beginning God not in the beginning anybody or anything else right in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth John chapter 1 verse 3 God created everything through him this is John speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ god created everything through him through jesus the word of god and nothing was created except through him and then colossians 1 16 everything was created through him and for him right jesus we, we learned this so much right over the christmas uh, season how jesus is the visible, physical expression of the invisible God. The Bible calls him the word of God who came became a human. He's the living word of God. And everything was created by him and everything was created for him. And come on, somebody say, including me. Amen. Come on, let's pray before we really get into this. Father, we thank you today for the power of your word. Your word is alive. Your word is active. Your word is doing something in my life today. And we just... Declare that in this place today, your Holy Spirit is bringing revelation and understanding of your word, and we will be forever changed because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Everything was created through him and for him. Ready to run? From the beginning of history, we begin to see God's great rescue plan revealed, and this is it in a nutshell God created everything and everyone for himself right God created me and you for himself he created us to be with him he created us to be his but through what we call sin or disobedience we separated ourselves from him Yes. We were created for him and to be with him, but through sin we separated ourselves from him, right? God didn't separate us from him. We separated ourselves from God because of disobedience or sin. The pri- here it is in a nutshell, right? The primary story of the entire Bible, although there are many stories intertwined and lots of history, right? The primary theme from cover to cover of the whole Bible is this. It's God's plan to save us, deliver us from evil's power, and restore us to a loving relationship with Him. If anyone would ever say, what's this Bible all about? That's what it is. It's His plan revealed to restore us unto himself come on let that's called the rescue savior the rescue now to really delve into this where today we're going to talk about the good and the bad and the ugly and thank god it doesn't end with the ugly the good the bad the ugly and the rescue okay you ready to get started with the good you know there's good news and there's bad news you want the good news or the bad news first Right? Most people say, give me the bad news because that'll make the good news gooder, right? <laughs> but, but, in reality, but in reality, history starts with good. It's all good. Come on, somebody say, it's all, it's all good. Well, it was all good. But now let's look at a story that many of you have probably read or at least heard. And those of you that haven't, man, this is going to be a great day for you. But I'm gonna read, and as I read, I wanna ask you to follow along, and when I pause, I want you to say the next word. Are you ready? Uh oh. Are you ready when I pause to say the next word? Ready to follow along? Genesis chapter 1, and I'm gonna go through several scriptures, all right, starting with verse 3. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was. Good. Good. Mm. God called the dry ground land and the waters seas, and God saw that it was Good. The land produced ves- vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees with seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind, and God saw that it was Good. God set these lights in the sky uh, to light the earth, to govern the day and the night, to separate the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was so God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water including jaws and every sort of bird each producing this uh, offspring of the same kind and God saw that that too was God made all sorts of wild animals and livestock and small animals each able to produce offspring of the same kind and God saw that it was so God created human beings in his own image in the image of God, he created the male and female, he created them. God looked over all he had made and saw that it was very An And evening passed and the morning came, marking the sixth day. Come on. This is what you got to get. God is ultimately good. He's good. That's who God is. That's what God is like. God is ultimately good, and everything, despite what some people might think, everything he created is good. It's all good. Come on, say, it's all good. good. I want us to really pick up on a truth that is so key to understanding the universe and life, and this is it right here. Notice that every time God said something and the universe obeyed what God said, the result was good. He said, light didn't just appear. God said, let there be light. And what did the universe do? Light came about, right? And then the light was good. You see what I'm saying? animals he said it and then animals came and it was every time God says something and then it gets obeyed it gets carried out the result is ultimately it's a good thing right because God is good and this truth still remains every time you and I obey what God speaks the result is good It's good there can be no other result than good when what God says gets carried out because he's good God's never going to speak bad into existence right when you see what the Bible says what his word says which is what he has spoken to us when I see his word and then I carry out his word I obey his word right which makes me solid and strong right But when I hear or read the word of God, what he has said, and then I do it, there will be a good result. But when we disobey what has been spoken, when we disobey what God has said, we break with the good design. Everything God has spoken is creating a design, and it's a good design. But when I break with what he said, when I ignore or disobey or rebel against what he's spoken, I break with the good design, and that leads us to the bad, right? Come on, everything was good until the bad, right? You ever been like that in your life? Everything was good until that bad thing, right? Whatever it was. Let's talk a little bit about the bad. Next chapter, Genesis chapter two, verses 15 through 17 said, the Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, 'Mm, this is about to get bad. You may freely eat, The fruit of every tree in the garden representing all the good things god has created according to his good design okay it wasn't just trees that this meant okay all the good that i have created and designed if you do it my way you can enjoy it right You may freely eat, except the tree of the knowledge, come on, say knowledge, Knowledge. of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, I'm going to read it as it says here, and then I'm going to tell you how it says, the, the feeling behind it, okay? If you eat its fruit, you're sure to die. Now. What this does not say is, as soon as you take a bite, you're dead as a doornail. You know what? Remember, the Bible wasn't written in English, right? How many times have I said that? You've got to go back to the original meaning, and there's so much feeling in the Hebrew language and and even in Greek, right? There's so much feeling behind it. And you have to know kind of, it's not just words, but what. He didn't say, if you eat it, dead, no, no, no. He literally, the, the feeling behind this was, you can't handle this. If you eat this one, I'm sure it'll make you die. See? God knew. It it wasn't a problem to know the difference between good and evil, right and wrong. That's not the issue. The issue was taking it into their own hands, right? And partaking. In other words, I now choose good from evil right and wrong and how many of you know I know for myself I can't handle that (laughs) if I just have to decide for my own what's right and wrong I surely will die how about you some of you haven't been convinced of that today and today you're going to be convinced and you're going to get born again and you're going to get set free amen all right some of you are like I don't know about that it's about to happen (laughs) it gets worse you ready for the bad bad because up until now, it's actually still all good. Jump to chapter 3. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. And we know that the serpent is a representation of Lucifer, the deceiver, right? Or Satan. Or as most people call him, the? The devil, the diablo. One day, he asked the woman. Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? First of all, no, he didn't say that. But, but, but do you see, do you see, Can you already see it right there? There's the bad creeping up. Did God really say that? Of course, we may eat from the fruit uh, from the eat fruit from the trees in the garden the woman replied it's the it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat and God said you must not eat it or touch it if you do you'll die you won't die <laughs> you ever heard the a voice tell you it's not a big deal it's okay to do that You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God just knows your eyes will be open, and as soon as you eat it, you'll be like him, right? You'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. (laughs) She saw that the tree was beautiful, and it looked delicious. The fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. Come on, if you were here last Sunday, you already know that is the opposite of wisdom. Not doing what God said is the opposite of wisdom but she was convinced so she took some of the fruit and ate it and then she gave some to her husband who was with her and, 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 and he, he, he ate it too it, 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 there's not even much like I mean it's just like she gave it, it. so did he not even think to say woman because right now she's calling a woman and man all right woman did you not hear what god said no he didn't he he just he just ate it then she gave some to her husband and he ate it in that moment their eyes were opened and suddenly they felt what shame at their nakedness so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves try to cover themselves up like we always do Try to cover, try to hide, right? When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they, they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Like the God who had made the trees with his mouth. They thought they could hide from him. We all laugh, but we've all done it. They tried to hide from God. And the Lord God called to the man, where are you? As if he didn't know, right? Where are you? And he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? What's naked anyway? Like, I mean, I'm not suggesting that right now. You know, but but naked wasn't a thing. God didn't create them with clothes. He just made them like they are who told you you were naked like who 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 made you decide for yourself that that was shameful have you eaten from the tree whose fruit i commanded you not to eat did you take it into your own hands did you decide for yourself what was right and wrong The man replied, it was that woman you gave me. (laughs) And we all laugh, but we've also all done it. We've all blamed somebody else for our sin. The Lord asked the woman, what have you done? The serpent deceived me. So Adam blamed Eve, and Eve blamed the snake. That's why I ate it. Then the Lord said to the serpent, because you've done this, you're cursed more than all wild animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly. Some people think serpents used to have legs. I don't know, but we know now that they all crawl on their belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live, and I will cause hostility between you and the woman. Uh Uh-oh. We got any male-female hostility still going on? and between your offspring and her offspring. And then here is my favorite verse in all of Genesis. He'll strike your head and you'll strike his heel. Come on, I wanna read it like that again. He'll strike your head and you'll strike his heel. What's worse, head or heel? Y'all, everything was good until the bad right everything was good until the bad everything bad starts by questioning and twisting what God has clearly said Everything every form of evil small and large Everything bad that exists in the universe today it all starts by questioning and twisting what God has already spoken if he already said it but I'm doubting it questioning it twisting it and subsequently disobeying it the result will no longer be good but the good design will break and then we'll have the bad right that's the way it works the problem was not mankind knowing right from wrong. I kind of already alluded to this. The problem wasn't, for human, wasn't that humans, the problem wasn't humans knowing right from wrong, knowing good from evil. The problem was taking matters into their own hands and deciding right and wrong for themselves rather than just simply doing what God said. And have we all done it? Oh man, I've done that. In other words, they said this without saying it. God, we don't need you and we don't need your rules. We got this. We can decide for ourselves what's good. And you know, we don't really need you or your rules. They may not have thought that in their head specifically. They might not have said that, but that is exactly the, the attitude that they portrayed. And what do we call that attitude? Sin. Come on, just say it. Everybody say the S word. You better say sin. Okay. And you guys, this is the problem, capital T H E. The problem in the world this is the problem with humanity it's um, it's manifested in a million ways from tiny little white lies to a serial rapist and everything in between but the problem is sin the problem is going against what God has clearly said because he's spoken but we decide for ourselves. And that brings us to the ugly. Tell somebody, you're ugly. <laughs> now I know you're definitely with me. You're still, yeah, see, 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 see. Most of the time I tell you good things to say, but don't, don't, tell, don't tell anybody that. The reality is, the reality is sin is bad The reality is, sin is bad and it produces ugly. It really does. Everything ugly in our life has its root in sin. Everything. Everything bad in the whole cosmos. From sickness to Sadness. It all comes from that one root. It's, it's sin. Now, it produces a lot of ugly things, but I'm gonna focus on five and I'm gonna hit them really quick, all right? I think you have some blanks there to help you follow along and fill in, but first of all, it produced shame. Verse seven says they were ashamed. Ashamed of what? They had nothing to be ashamed of, but now they did. And see, when we disobey God... Shame comes upon us, right? Shame. We feel ashamed. We may not ever externalize it. Some people live under the burden of shame, right? But sin, because we're created in the image of God and we have a spirit on the inside of us, knows that what we did and what we said or what we thought or what we partook of, we know that before God that's shameful, We're ashamed of what we've done. How many people live years and years ashamed and they're burying their shame and they're covering up their shame and it eats them alive. I've seen people that were so ashamed and then they repented of what had happened and they just said it to somebody and as soon as they said it, they were no longer ashamed and they no longer had to carry that burden anymore. Shame and then they were ashamed, and it's, verse 8 said that they hid from God. We all know that that's impossible, yet we've all done it anyway. We've all tried to somehow hide it, hide our shame, hide our guilt, right? Hide what we've done. And then we hide it from, not only from God, but we hide it from one another, Right? And so we, we, we live our lives ashamed of what happened. And then we try to kind of hide it from God and we kind of hide, hide it from one another. And then, verse 10, and, and I really do think this is progressive. That's why I'm saying it in this order. That brings us to fear. They'd never been afraid of anything. Good Lord, they lived in a garden where there were lions. And probably crocod- lions, tigers, and bears. Oh, my. And probably crocodiles and everything else. They'd never been scared of anything. And all of a sudden, it says we were scared. And they were mostly scared of God. <laughs> Fear is not God and no we're not talking about the good fear of God we did an entire teaching series on the fear of God the good fear of God right that I, I love God and I respect God and so I fear offending him that's not the kind of fear we're talking about we're talking about I'm scared of God and and that type of fear you know fear fear starts in one thing and then it spreads to everything the Bible calls it a spirit of fear You can start by letting fear in through some sort of door. Uh, 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 Typically, it's a type of sin, right? But then if it takes root, all of a sudden you can be eaten up and consumed by fear. You ever been paralyzed by fear? That's not God. That's ugly. And then the final thing is blame. So we got shame, hiding, fear, and blame and this is a picture of humanity lord have mercy everything is somebody else's fault and you guys this generation when i say this generation i don't mean specifically one uh, millennials or exennials or baby boomers or whatever okay this generation okay more than ever before Listen, I'm—I'll be 40 this year, okay? I know that's not very old, but I've seen a lot. And those of you that are over 40 and 50 and 60 can share a lot more than uh, uh, than I can about this. But I tell you, society and humanity's always blamed one another. But this generation, listen, as of about 10, 15 years ago, ain't nothing nobody's fault. It's their fault. Nobody owns anything. We all blame each other. Even, you know, my life is a mess because of my own nonsense, but it must have been because so-and-so did this or said that or the last generation did this or my daddy didn't do that or, or even God, he just didn't want to bless me. We all blame each other. And that's only just a manifestation of the problem, which is sin. It's sin. And you know what it caused... The man and the woman, Adam and Eve. Eventually what God said he knew would happen. If you do, I'm sure you'll surely die. It brought death. Death was the ultimate ugly. Death is the ultimate ugly, okay? Not just physical death, but separation from god spiritual death see i don't have time to read it but let me just summarize what happened after that the garden of eden was a picture of paradise it was the perfect good god design and because they let sin in to the good God expelled them. He he sent them away from that place that represented a place of perfection, perfect blessing, the perfect goodness of God. That was was a, a plant, animal, water, mountain version of what perfection looks like. That was what Eden was all about. And God said, sin can't be there anymore. Wow. God, listen, so God said, you've got to go. He, he, he expelled them from the Garden of Eden. They were, quote, unquote, kicked out of paradise. And I know some people think that God had a hissy fit. And it was like, oh, yeah? Well, you're out. That has nothing to do with it, you guys. This is a picture, a picture of how our sin separates us from all the goodness and perfect blessings of God. Expulsion from paradise. Wasn't just, it wasn't just God was mad with Adam and Eve and said, Nope, you can't be here anymore. No, no, no. It is a picture for all of us of what happens when God says something and we decide to go a different route. We Get separated from all that goodness that God wants us to experience. Isaiah 59, 2 says, it's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he's turned away and will not listen anymore. Not because he doesn't want to, but because of sin. Sin. Jeremiah 17.9, oh, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? So sorry, Hallmark Channel. But following your heart is a very bad idea. Just follow your heart. Follow the goodness in your heart. What goodness in your heart? What goodness in my heart? The only goodness that could possibly in me is what God said and me doing it. Don't follow your heart. Follow the word of God. Your, Your heart will tell you again and again and again to do something very different from what the word of God says. Don't buy into the Hallmark lie. I like the Hallmark channel. I like the Hallmark movies. Liz makes me watch them every night sometimes it's like baby can we just like watch the news or something like don't get me wrong i love the 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 the, but don't be deceived like some people think they're living a good life because they're following their heart i promise you something your heart will not lead you in the right direction Now, when you get your heart full of Jesus and you get your heart full of the word of God, oh, yeah, that's different. But just listening to your heart and your feelings and your emotions and what you feel like this is the best for me. And this is what I was meant for. And you're the one for me. (laughs) You better be sure that was God. And you better be sure that things are according to the word of God and not according to the way you feel. Because your heart and mine is deceitful more than it is anything else. How you like being called wicked? (laughs) (sighs) The ugly is about to get uglier. Romans 3.10. Through 12 and 23, as the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good. Not a single one. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard what is his standard what is his standard what he said his word that's right we all fall short Romans six we're about to go from the real ugly to the really beautiful or do you guys just want to go home you know what it's time to be done with church we could just go home now and We're two minutes past dismissal time, so we can go on to lunch. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. A wage, bear with me, I'm almost done. I promise this is literally the end, all right? Wait a minute. I lied, and that's bad. It's almost the end. It's almost the end. When you go to work, what do you expect to receive every Friday or every other Friday? A paycheck, right? If not, you wouldn't be going to work, now would you? Or who just loves to work for free? No. What is wages? What are wages? Wages are a paycheck, right? Or a direct deposit. Wages are what you receive for what you worked for, right? Wages are what you get because you did something. A gift, on the other hand, is something you receive because of what somebody else worked for. See? On Valentine's Day, I'm not going to give Liz a gift that she worked for. I'm not going to go into her bank account and use her money to buy her a gift. I'm going to go into my bank account and use the money that I worked for and use it to buy a gift, right? But when I work, I expect a paycheck. See, death is the paycheck, y'all, unfortunately. It's what we've worked for. We're not getting paid just because. And don't give me that nonsense, I'm getting paid for what Adam and Eve did. No, no, no. You and I, we're getting paid for what we've done. For what we've said for what we've thought for what we have acted out the wages the payment the paycheck the salary for the sin our work is death but there's a free gift that somebody else worked to pay for and give to us and it says that it's eternal life see we go back if it's possible to go back to Genesis 1.15, I know that might be hard, but that's in the beginning. The very last verse of Genesis 1 that we read, it says that, it's all right, I'm just going to quote it. It says, you will bruise his heel and he will crush your head, okay? And I don't have time to give a full-length explanation, but this is the very first prophecy about the coming of Jesus the Messiah, This is the very first scripture we see. God begins to reveal the rescue plan to come and rescue us from the power of sin. It said, We know. This is a picture of the cross, the crucifixion. See, Jesus would be bruised in his heel by the nail that would go through his feet on the cross, right? But when that nail was gonna go through his feet on the cross and he was gonna be raised up, crucified, the Bible says that in that moment, he carried upon his own body our infirmities, our rebellion, our wickedness, our sin. Right? And when that happened, it would look like the perfect picture of defeat, but it's the picture of absolute victory. Because when that nail went through his feet, he crushed the devil's head. And it was over. He, in fact, he said, it's over, it's finished. The work has been done to cancel the, the bad and the ugly. We're going back to the good, but you've got to be rescued. If you fall from a cruise ship and they send a lifeboat to rescue you, but you don't accept the rescue, you're going to drown. You've got to be rescued. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15, because God's children are human beings. We got any of God's children in here? Wait, do we have any human beings? Made of flesh and blood. how wonderful he is. The Son also became flesh and blood like, like us. For only as a human being could he die, right? The only way for God to die, to experience the penalty of death, was for him to become a mortal like us, flesh and blood. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Why did the devil have the power of death? Because of sin. That's right. And only in this way could he, Jesus, set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Y'all, if I didn't have Jesus, I'd be terrified of dying. But you know what? We all going to die. You know? This life, it just does. It lasts 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, sometimes 110 years. But... Humanity has been subject to death, physical death, right, because of the curse of sin. But we don't have to live as slaves to the fear of it anymore. I don't fear death. Death is life. Death is, to me, to us, if you believe in Jesus, if you've been rescued, death means you're going to go on living forever and ever, real life. 2 Corinthians 5, 14, and 15, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believed that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have died to our old life. He died for everyone. And again, the feeling of that phrase means in place of everyone, for everyone, right? He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves, Instead, they'll live for Christ, who was died and raised for them. And Colossians, now I truly promise this is the end. All right. Colossians 2:13 through15, "You were dead. You were dead. Last time I'm gonna do it, tell somebody. you was dead. You weren't sick. You weren't not so well. You weren't living up to what half of your potential. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You were dead. Dead. Because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave or correct word there would be remitted he remitted it that means he sent them away right all your sins thank god it's all of them he canceled the record of charges against us anybody got a record and he took it away by nailing it to the cross in this way He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authority. He shamed them publicly by His victory over them on the cross. Only death could pay for death. Let me say that again. Only death could pay death. Only death could pay for the wage. Of sin, death, right? And Jesus took our place in death. He died our death so that we can live now with His life. The price you couldn't pay, I couldn't pay, right? He paid it. And in doing so, come on, this is the best thing I'm about to say that I've said all day. When He died in our place, He did the work to pay for and buy this gift eternal life it's not something you can work for and buy it's a gift that he already bought freedom everlasting life we call this salvation right we call this redemption we call this the rescue If you wouldn't mind, just, let's just close our eyes for a moment. Not because it's magic to close your eyes, but because sometimes it helps us really look on the inside. See, next Sunday, we're going to continue talking about the rescue, the power of grace. But today... I want to make sure before we go that you've been rescued. Have you been rescued? Have you been saved? Have you received the gift that Jesus worked for and paid for and bought for you? Have your sins been remitted? Have you received forgiveness? Have your sins been sent away? See, he already did the work so that you can experience that. But you must get on the lifeboat. How do I do that? Put all of your hope, all of your faith, and all of your trust no longer in yourself, anything you could ever do or anything anyone else could ever do for you you can't work for it you simply have to believe he worked for it you can't earn it you simply have to receive it it's a gift if you're here today and you have not been living in a relationship with God if your life is not right with God if you don't know you're not sure if your sins have been forgiven or if you're still living under the burden of 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 shame and guilt maybe you know for sure I have I am not a relationship with God or maybe you want to think you are but you're just not sure maybe you've never been rescued or maybe, listen, maybe you've been rescued. Maybe you have believed in Jesus. Maybe you can even say, I've been born again. But you know, lately, you feel like I'm walking in shame in blame and fear and even hiding, maybe even fearing death. He wants to rescue you today. whether it's the first time or rather you've just kinda got off or backslidden or you're just in despair and you need him to rescue you today. Call on Jesus. Call on Jesus. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not a magical prayer I can pray with you. There's not a magical place in the altar. If you kneel down, no, no. It's your heart calling out sincerely to Jesus. Yes, in about 30 seconds, I will pray a prayer with you. I may even invite you to come up if you want somebody else to pray with you. But that doesn't do it. It happens on the inside first. You need to let him rescue you by calling out, Jesus, Jesus. Some of you are doing it right now. Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I'm sorry. I've lived my life far from you. I've done things my way instead of your way. I do what I want instead of what you say. But today I come before you, God, and I repent. I change my attitude. I turn my back on that way of living. I don't want to live that way anymore. I don't want to do it my way. I want to do what you say. Jesus, save me. Rescue me. Send my sins away. Wash me clean. I want to have a new life. Come on, I'm going to ask we all pray this together. But before I do it, I just want to know who you are. You say, that's me, whether it's the first time or today you realize you, 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 you're you sinking, you're drowning. Rather, it's in, 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 because you've backslidden, you've stopped seeking God, you've gotten disconnected in your relationship. with Whatever, if that's you, just really quick, lift your hand up. You can put it up and down real quick, all right? Who, who else says, that's me? Praise the Lord. Who else says, that's me? I want to come. I want to I be rescued today. I want forgiveness. I want an, a, a, a new life, all right? anyone else listen whether you raise your hand or not that's beside the point praise God thank God for those four or five people that said that's me I believe there's more of you what I want to do I'm going to pray a prayer and the Bible says we believe in our heart but we confess with our mouth salvation comes by confessing what we believe so as I pray this, I want to invite everyone. Maybe everyone in the house can just pray it. We uh, we just support each other as a family. How about we pray this, Lord Jesus Christ? You came to rescue me. You became a human so that you could die for me. And when you died for me on the cross, you broke the power of sin. You destroyed the works of the devil. You set me free from shame, hiding, fear, blame, and the best of all, you delivered me from death. I put all my faith in you, Jesus. Save me. I want to be born again. Holy Spirit, come and fill my heart. I receive a new life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't we stand up? Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at encounterchurchatlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.